0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Creators Podcast, where we bring you conversations with content creators to hear how they develop their style and how they approach storytelling through the visual arts. The Creators Podcast is presented by Tomorrow Project. Tomorrow Project is a community whose goal is to inspire those who are struggling with anxiety and depression to fight to see tomorrow. It's a great community. I want to encourage everyone out there to visit their website at tomorrowproject.com. That's tmrwproject.com, And when you get to the website, you can use code CP15 for 15% off your first order. Our first ever guest on the podcast is David Sue, And you might know him on Instagram as Training Day Media. Like many content creators, David started by using whatever tools he had, like old camera phones. And I'm talking about camera phones that existed before the iPhone. And as everyday content began to become more refined, David experimented with new equipment and camera settings to see what worked and what didn't. After years of perfecting his craft, David is now one of the most popular content creators in the CrossFit and lifestyle arena. He's worked with brands such as the Spacer, Wit Fitness, Romwad, and the list of CrossFit athletes he has worked with is too long to mention. Despite his success, David is still one of the most humble and helpful colleagues in the industry. And as he explains, sometimes getting started as a content creator involves a fair amount of trial and error. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with David as much as I did, so let's get into the show. All right, well, David, welcome to the podcast with uh, Justin and I. We're excited to have you on, and um, I kinda wanna kick things off by learning a little bit more about how you got into the world of photography. And I'll just say that when I first picked up a camera. I didn't do it with the intention of doing anything I do today. it was this was you know I think right before college my dad bought me a little camera because he took photos of me playing sports growing up and I think at that point it just started to snowball and I've never done it in a professional capacity up until the last couple of years. so I'm always interested to see how people got into it. Maybe some people knew right away growing up this was something that they they wanted to pursue photography, content creation, videography, et cetera. I think other people may have stumbled into it based upon a number of factors in their life. So when was the first sort of time you can remember when you picked up a camera or you remember kind of actively going out and shooting, um, in your life? Um,
1: it definitely wasn't because of Instagram. That's for sure. Instagram, I think just kind of like made the landscape a little bit more interesting. Um, I think basically it all stems from like, okay, you see a cool photo and stuff like that. And you're like, how can I do this? Or can I do this at all? And the only tool I had on my, on me was basically my camera phone. And before that, it was like, you know, even before the birth of the iPhone, I was using like a, a whatever phone camera phone with VGA quality, uh, you know, no megapixels on the sensor and stuff. And it's just like, okay, whatever. I captured the moment, but I wish it could look better, but I didn't know anything about photography or cameras. I didn't know what ISO aperture shutter speed, any of that stuff means even to this day, like I know what it does, but I don't know like the theory behind it. Like I never took photography in like high school. I didn't really care for that stuff. And when I talked to my friends who took photography, I was just like, wait, that's way too much. Like that's too much effort. Like. Forget it, you know? So, I mean, uh, so it started off with me, like, you know, using, like, a camera phone. And then um, I don't know how early you guys adopted Instagram, but in the beginning, like, you couldn't upload photos using the Instagram. You would have to shoot it on the in-house camera on your whatever phone it was, right? And because the iPhone was, like, very early in its infancy, it didn't even have, like, a respectable camera in terms of megapixel count. So, uh, what happened was, um, when they started opening the fact that you can upload photos from your local cameras, um, camera roll or, or files, um, that was when it made it interesting because I started noticing like people were just like exponentially like upping their game and their feeds just became this like, whoa, like that is definitely not taken in an iPhone, right? It was like edited. It was like color corrected. It was just crazy. So when I saw that, I was just like, I want to try that too, Right. Um, but I didn't know anything about cameras too at that time, like Sony was, Sony was around, but no one really kind of like respected it or, or bothered using it, but they were the first in the game to, to delve into like the mirrorless camera market. And, um, and I think that paid off in spades because now they're, they're like one of the most dominant, um, manufacturers in the mirrorless segment, right? Like they're almost like leading, leading, leading the charge in terms of, uh, all the camera manufacturers in, in that technology space. Um, but I started off with a Sony x 5 um, which is like one of the first mirrorless cameras that ever come out. And um, it was a piece of shit, but uh, but whatever. Like I, I keep telling people like, you know, it taught me patience, right? And um, and there wasn't a, a huge library of like lenses for it. So I started like thinking out of the box. I'm like, guess what? Well, there's adapters. Why don't I use an adapter and I'll use a Canon lens, right? Mm-hmm. And it was all manual focus, which... Which again taught me like you know other aspects of photography in terms of like you know just don't point and shoot and just you know spray and pray. So um, yeah, I think that that's how like I started in photography and manipulating settings, trying this and that, figuring out that you know this camera can't do do this, so maybe I need to try a faster. Sorry, this lens can't do that, so maybe I'll try a faster lens. And you know I don't have enough light to do this. Well, guess what? I need I need a um, a lens with a lower you know, F-stop, right? So like things like that. And it's not really an exciting story, I'm sorry. But I mean, (laughs) it's just kind of like wanted to do something and then just like research the tools to try to do that.
2: Yeah. All of this being said, like you, you, to me, were ahead of the game on the Instagram curve for what I was looking at at the time. Because Mm -hmm. Dave didn't mention this, but if you go back and look, I don't even know if it's still up on your feed or not or if it's on your, your personal feed, but he is, hmm. he had one of the cleanest grids I've ever seen. And at the time, nobody was doing that. And I, I mentioned this when we recorded together. Um, yeah, so I think at the time, you were way ahead of the curve for what the Instagram uh, majority was looking at. And if you looked at Dave's profile when we were on like the, the grid, it was clean and it was connected. And it was like a matching grid. And then when we say matching grid, it's not colors. It's like the whole vibe flow was like yeah. perfectly together. It's like not like that is, by the way. No, <laughs> no, but like with event shooting and that, like yeah. it's so hard. Like, you know, yeah. we go and shoot Rogue and that's green, everything. Green, green, green. Yeah. And yeah. then you go shoot inside of a gym and then it's like, you know, depending on which gym you're at, it's white or it's black or whatever. And then you we went and shot at Wadapalooza and everything's blue and pink it's like you can't match your grids anymore like unless you you're very calculated and putting cover images and stuff like that but that's not what what anybody's really looking for
0: yeah yeah i think that it's it you were probably one of the first accounts when i started my photography account that i followed and it was your your reels quite honestly that really captured my attention it was the look of the reels which obviously they resemble your your photographs because you're stitching all those Those photos together, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But Mm -hmm. that was something that was really unique. And and to Justin's point, yeah, I mean, look at your feed, and and that's still to the day. I aspire to try to achieve (laughs) a cohesive feed the way that you have. I mean, I can't tell you if you went to my Google, it'd be like how to establish a cohesive feed, and it's like the same stuff over and over. And it's and it's certainly easier to. Um, to you know said than done I think especially given when you're shooting events and you've so much different lighting and variables and things like that so I want to take a quick step back and ask you a little bit about where you grew up uh, you know and what that was like your interests things that um, you like to do didn't like to do so tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about about childhood as far as you can you know remember <laughs> if you can
1: oh, I mean I don't know if there's anything interesting to note um, I grew up in Toronto most of my life um Toronto I think has an interesting past because when I was growing up there wasn't really many like creatives or even like musical artists and stuff like that were kind of which were kind of like gaining notoriety but then within the last 10 years and I hate to pull it back to Drake but cuz he's the most like notable like artist right but he kind of really like you know like legitimized Toronto you know Hate him or love him, like he's you know he's kind of like a hometown hero, and um, I felt like everything along his journey in any any type of varying space that's kind of like a creative space has kind of follow him along because we have we have people like Peter McKinnon, we have like Maddie uh, Hapo- Hapoja, we have like um, Daniel Schiffer, like these are these are like crazy like talented people. And they're all from Toronto, which is just like ironic. Like there's something in the water here, and and I'm not drinking it, but I wish I could have a bit of that Kool Aid. But I mean, it's very inspiring in terms of like um, this whole like movement that's coming out of it. And and um, and I think when you see like one creative like be successful, it kind of encourages or reinforces the fact that hey, I'm a Toronto boy. Like maybe I can do it, or maybe this is like it's possible, right? So I think when I saw things like that, I was just kind of like, yeah, like these guys are putting us on the map. Um, I'm gonna put my best foot forward and I'm gonna see if I can run alongside with them, you know, like, and I still look up to these guys, I still watch their videos, I get inspired by things they do and I'm like looking at things they've done in terms of like video or, or photo production and I'm just like, damn, like like next level, right? But but I feel like no one is kind of like the originator originator, right? It's, it's hard to say. I think people just take what they've seen and they take what they need from it and let that be the inspiration about how they're going to reimagine it into whatever they choose to put out themselves, right?
2: I think what you're saying about Canada and, and making things possible, it's like Drake and that went and took Canadians from being kind of like, oh, they just live in the snow all the time and these like cold <laughs> and polite people with maple syrup <laughs> to like, oh, Oh they they can do more than just eat maple syrup and 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 make igloos like for whatever reason there was this long perception of Canada being like that where it's you know something funny like you're Alex you're in Chicago like mm-hmm. Chicago is more north than parts of Canada Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: latitude wise yeah you know yeah.
2: but latitude wise it's more north so like technically if you look at it That's like true. that like you're in a colder climate than some parts of canada but it's like not seen like that right we're seen as these igloo people and yeah and yeah the great white north right yeah so. yeah it, it, but to what your point is like we've had incredible creators come out of canada and especially in the last little bit but it drake almost made it cool to be here and like what he did for toronto basketball i think was oh huge. yeah the
1: raptors too as well yeah like so I mean like I think Canada and I get all the memes and stuff like that and I, and I watch South Park and yeah, it's all funny and stuff and I laugh at it too but I mean like I think um, Canada was kind of just treated as like, oh, it's it's a Canadian rapper or a Canadian thing or whatever but nowadays like where it's like on the internet age like you just look at it for the work itself and then you just start wondering, oh, where is he from or where is she from and it's like, oh, Canada or Toronto and it's like, okay, cool. like that's cool like i never thought that but before if you were like were to start off like saying canadian creative or canadian rapper then then you're gonna get kind of like stereotyped and that. yeah
0: so yeah. what um do you do anything else in addition to i know that in the photography the content world a lot of times people will have their um you know they can have full-time jobs they do it freelance they they moonlight and do these things so kind of you know for people listening what what do you you know how do you approach this? Is this is training day your full time business? Is that what you do twenty four seven? Do you do other things? Like give us the breakdown of, of how you go about your days.
1: Yeah, so I'm actually at work. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm in a corporate office right now.
0: <laughs>
1: because um, I was mentioning to Justin offline, like my place looks like a hoarder's like nest, looks like a cave right now. And it's just because I've been receiving all these packages and stuff and I just don't know what to do with other than play Django with them at home. So I mean like I have a full-time job. Like I, I actually work for the Canadian government. Um, I do I do IT work uh, for the city of Mississauga, which is where I live. Um, so yeah, that's my full-time nine-to-five job. Um, the great is it anything creative? No, it's not, and that, that's why I kind of do Training Day. It's my creative escape. It's where um, my decisions matter because it's my I'm the sole person running the show, um, and I can do whatever I want. So I live that life outside of the nine-to-five and um it's a juggle sometimes it, it is a struggle too as well because i am very tired and uh sleep is hard to come by and, and my own personal time including training has been hard to uh, you know allocate time for that but uh yeah it's it's a combination and a lot of people ask me like when are you going to make the transition and i really don't know and i'm not even sure if i will um my job, like as much as I don't like like what I do in terms of like like I'm not gonna say I hate it, but it pays the bills, but it affords me the time to take time off to do these things that I love, right? And um, when the pandemic hit, it really like hit me home, like oh my god, I was actually like thinking about like quitting, like if I did that, like because I literally did not work and did much do much of training and stuff other than pro bono or passion projects when the pandemic hit, because like everything was shut down, right? Like, the whole fitness industry and and even shooting in general was just like lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. So, but um, but yeah, I mean, if someone's thinking about like if you can juggle two of the things, absolutely you can. You just got to figure out like what you're willing to sacrifice, and is it worth it? And um, just weigh the advantages, disadvantages, and make that decision for yourself. But right now, for me, it's it's a combination
2: of both. Dave works 28 hours a day. 28 yeah. i I've, I've i need those with extra them. four hours <laughs> dave, dave works 28 hours a day <laughs> this sunday is
1: actually pretty stacked like i've been on a non-stop since 10 a.m like yeah oh. i just did a phone call with someone else and then this and then after that like, i gotta do something else wow.
2: man it's the
0: hustle yeah it is yeah when did uh when did training day become a thing um and it you know and how has it continued to grow and anybody who follows you on instagram at, at training day media is able to to see the the athletes that you get to work with and the brands that you get to um you know help help uh you know tell their story because i think a lot of what we do is storytelling and um so tell me how that's grown and and what you enjoy about working with all these these different really you know premier and elite brands in the crossfit space and not just in crossfit but just within like the, the fitness industry
1: yeah i mean like so Going all the way back to like how I started, like it started off with me taking like photos of um, street style photography, so landscapes, and I was heavily into the sneaker culture, music, and stuff like that. Those were my inspirations, and I would shoot photos related to that. Um, like many other people that that crossed into the CrossFit space, that sounds weird, um, that 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 got introduced into CrossFit they get kind of hooked and I feel like there's this like romance period of CrossFit where it's just like CrossFit everything like gotta buy a belt gotta buy grips like what what is this CrossFit games cool I'm gonna watch all of that who are the stars like like that what that actually happened to me too as well and it didn't it didn't uh, make it easier that um, some of the gym that some of the people going to my gym were actually those people like they were pretty good and they they went to the regionals when regionals existed um, they went to the games and stuff like that so I was kind of like surrounded in that environment which you know nurtured my enthusiasm when I started into CrossFit and um, what happened was that uh, they they noticed my they, they somehow discovered my personal Instagram page and I never told anyone about it and then they're just like hey do you, would you like to shoot like photos of our class and we'll give you a free membership and I was like yeah let's do that right because <laughs> Let's be honest, CrossFit membership is not cheap, right, compared to Global Gym. It's
0: so expensive.
1: It's so expensive, right? Um, So um, I did that for a a year or so, and um, in CrossFit, I feel like everyone knows each other or knows of each other, right? So um, in that regards, um, I got introduced to a couple of people. Justin was one of them, um, and at that particular time when um, I met Justin, he was actually... Uh, the coach and the owner of CrossFit Solid Ground which is where Patrick Vellner trained out of when he was based out of Toronto so that degree of connection led from there I met other athletes I met Lucas Parker too as well who happened to be in Canada uh, sorry in Toronto at that point in time and um, just shooting with these athletes they all talk to each other too as well maybe um, uh, Sam Cornier had seen something on Pat Vellner's feed and he'd be like hey who shot that and then Pat would tell him and then it would kind of just kind of like tumble on from there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like referral after referral and, um, and it, and to me, I was just like, this is cool. Like I'm hanging, hanging out with people who would normally not hang out with me. You know, like I, I would, I would be hanging out with like these star athletes and I have their telephone number. I'm text messaging Pat Vellner. That's so cool. <laughs> but, you know, like, to me, that was enough. And like, I didn't even care if I was getting paid and stuff and just got getting to hang out with him, taking care of his like stuff that he wanted to get done that was that was like the creative story that i was that i was um living and um the stuff on my feed was kind of like supposed to be a representation of that like this is what we did this is what we shot this is like the road trip that we took on the first rogue invitational and stuff and that was that was what i was trying to do i wasn't trying to document anything i know a lot of photographers are are like doc documentarians in in a sense like this happened this this achievement happened pat one or you know what i mean about I, I didn't want to take that approach when I started. I wanted to do more kind of like the culture side, the story side. I don't know if you noticed, but like lately, at least within the last one and a half years, I haven't been posting like photos that you would probably look for, like, like top position, hip extension, like, like fist pump. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm actually getting the other moments. That's the
2: shit though. Yeah. yeah, right, so that's like, what separates everything like
1: Sola breathing or Sola like screaming like for no reason, right? Because even she captioned I'm not even sure why I was
0: screaming like like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I you will know, I will say that if, you know when I met the both of you for the first time at rogue I had known of you and maybe some limited communication on Instagram, but yeah. I learned so quickly from both of you um, That I, you know, I would go where everybody went I would go sit where everybody, all the other photographers oh, were, God, would and then, <laughs> and then I would see you because I could, I could, I could, you know, I, I, I you know, obviously I would pick out what you're wearing and I could see you and I'm like, that's <laughs> where the, he's, he's over there in the corner. Like this is, that's I, a weird take. And then you'd post something, you know, after the heat and I'm like, oh, I should have been sitting next to him. That was so cool and so different. And, and I think that is, you know, part of my admiration for you is just, and I mean, just doing it different being somewhere else and capturing something that i'm not going to see 40 times in in my feed and i'm still guilty of that but i've thought differently about that and and i think you know that's something that whether you you know it or you don't know it it sticks out to me and i'm sure to many others so it's it's purposeful purposeful right yeah it's purposeful yeah so i mean like like all
1: three of us were the second rogue and and access was pretty horrible like we gotta admit that but when you see like a whole bunch of people like like herding around, you're like, "Come on, think about it. They're yeah. all gonna get the same shot. Do yeah. you want to be a uh, part of that like pool of the same shot, right? They might not be all edited differently, but guess what? It's the same vantage point, right? Yeah. So yeah, as much as I would like to be front row, up and center, if I can't get that seat or spot, I'm gonna move somewhere else. I'm gonna make the best of it, right? And um, what I usually do is is I just walk around, I look at the space, and literally this is the formula of how i shoot like if i see something in my eyes and i want to capture it the next step for me is make it happen like wh- whether or not that means standing over there standing over here or um, standing on the sidelines cuz i saw i shot a lot of profile shots of muscle ups at rogue and no one was doing it and i was thinking like why isn't anyone doing this this is awesome like like I already know what I'm going to do with this photo. Like it's, I'm standing on the right-hand side of the uh, arena. You know, I see Jacqueline Dahlstrom doing muscle ups. She's closest to me. That's cool. Like I got a lens that has that range. I'm going to wait until she literally does like her freaking full KIP uh, extension. And I'm going to make a multi-swipe photo because it's going to be dominant with her and the left-hand side and the right-hand side. I'm going to frame it. And I just sat there patiently. I was looking around. Everyone was herded up in the front. I was like, this is beautiful. Like this is perfect. Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is like, if you look at your feed from Wadapalooza, you would think that Dave had different access than everybody else. Yeah. No. I had it, no special access yeah, whatsoever. But you, <laughs> that's, yep. that's the thing is you had no special access. You had no different access than anybody else, but you would look at all your stuff and be like, that guy knew somebody somewhere. But it was it was no different than yeah. any of us. And like yeah. Alex, you're a little bit different because you were competing. So let's let's yeah. not put that aside. As Alex is right. competing. He's competing in the the team division. And then he just like, you know, he just casually brought his camera around and got some great shots. But Dave and I had press passes, but we didn't have floor access. So that was reserved for like big uh, sponsor media coverage. So we had to be either in the stands or we had limited access on the sides. But if you look at Dave's photos versus most of the other people that were there, you would think that there was different access.
0: I've been meaning to ask you, David, there's a there's a photo you posted where, I, were you laying on the ground shooting because your lens appears to be at, hand, at the hand level of the athlete doing the handstand walk. And unless you just decided to like reach your hand down underneath the, the barrier and just randomly shoot, which wouldn't, I mean, I've probably done things like that. Photo. Which it's, I, want it, it, to, I think Annika? it was, yeah, Annika Greer's, yeah, doing a handstand walk. It's, it's, it's so unique and that's, where, ah. did you lay on the ground? I, I've been meaning to ask. No, no, I, I okay. didn't lay on
1: the ground, but, um, so I'm shooting with a new camera. So the Sony a 74 Okay. Yes, this is kind of a secret, but you know what? It's not really a secret, but anyone can do this. If you have a flippy screen, which I have never had one before because Sony is, stupid in that regards but now they uh, finally introduced it for the sony IV. i literally just like took my here's the camera grip by the way so i would literally take the camera and then flip out the flipping screen like this okay so that i would literally just lip, i did put it on yep. the ground here's the ground i put it on the ground like this and i was just staring at it to frame this Got way it. and then just okay. pressing the
2: button yeah right all
1: right i didn't have to break my neck or strain my neck or do anything or lie on the ground but you would get the shot that way, right?
2: Yeah. Is this the one? The uh, is it Amy doing the devil's press? Or maybe is that it's that one. About? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's that yeah. One. So that I
1: used that style to shoot that. But I think you're talking about Anna Greer's side profile, her doing the handstand walk, and then everything around her is just completely blacked out, right?
0: Yeah, and it's just the, yeah. one of the coolest the, the coolest pictures. And that again, to my point, it's just different, and I think that's yeah. why. Um, you know even if you're just a casual visual person and you go to follow you know your page you're like oh it's just a totally different perspective and um mm-hmm. you know i'm glad that i've been able to observe that because it's it's changed my mm-hmm. approach um even though i still get low back in when you see the pool of people run to you know you're like oh everyone's got to get that hero shot or whatever and yeah. you, you get sucked in and then of course after the event's over i look and you're across the way on the ground like different perspective and i'm like ah, darn it so
1: the hero shots are cool like yeah i i love them like I think the last time I did a hero shot, like a significant one, was the TIA one from the 2019 games. And um, mm-hmm. when I shot that shot, I actually had special access in terms of, like, I was shooting and working for Romwad. Okay. So they gave me their VIP uh, tickets to go sit in the seats uh, right in front of the finish line. So I was able to get that shot. And then um, and then the next day, uh, there was a, a pool of photographers there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like okay i guess that one's blown up i guess i'm never using that one again and and then at the 2020 2020 2021 game, yeah it was just like it was wide open season so i was just like okay like i gotta look for something new yeah
2: justin and, oh no i was gonna say that that tia shot has also become like a mural that someone oh, yeah, did and put up yeah. in Australia yeah, at one of the gyms yeah. there.
1: Yeah.
2: Torian? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that, that photo of Tia coming across the line, Flex. a, flexing, yeah. streaming, is yeah. now like 10 feet tall on the wall of one of the craziest gyms in the world. Which means I got to
0: visit <laughs> Australia. Yeah. Gotta see that. That's, yeah.
2: That is super cool.
0: So I we, we, we talked a little bit about how you figure out where you're going to go and and your approach that way. Talk a, I want to hear your approach to, you know, how you edit your photos. And again, Mm -hmm. the the point here is not like, Hey, walk me through this so that we can all go into Lightroom and copy you or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in, in, just in, in a general sense, what, what do you, what would you sort of say is your, your theme of your photos, whether it's they're grainy, they're, they're desaturated or, Uh, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is how your stuff is, but just in those terms, how do you kind of approach and like, what's, what are you trying to, what's the emotion you're trying to elicit from somebody who sees, uh, your photos, uh, on Instagram or, or it doesn't have to be Instagram, but elsewhere. I think, um, easiest way to describe it
1: is very cinematic and punchy. Um, so if you look at like cinematic film and stuff like that, it's very like, um, you know, they, they crushed the blacks. That's the terminology they use in, Mm -hmm. in uh, film, right? Yeah. So you, you you don't really see too much detail in the blacks. It's like a very solid, punchy black that you see. And that gives me the contrast that I'm looking for. If you looked at, um, well, actually, I, I actually archived a lot of the stuff on my personal Instagram lately because I was bored one day. And um, <laughs> that's why the stuff that Justin was talking about earlier doesn't exist anymore. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like the stuff on my personal stuff was all very punchy and, and it represents like that style which is like grayscale, um, not a lot of vibrant colors. It's predominantly like gray, black, and white. That's it, right? Even how I dress, actually. But but the, the whole point of like the style Absolutely. that I try to elicit is very cinematic, uh, Crushed the blacks, punchy, high contrast. There is detail. Like I don't like, I do recover the shadows and stuff like that. Um, I don't like to emphasize vibrant colors. To me, it just... To me, I just, I don't, I, I can't relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you can't help it. Sometimes we were talking about this offline where like there's events like water just just whole Miami vibe of purple, like loud colors and stuff like that, like, that's just, that just means extra work for me, right? <laughs> extra work for me to like edit it the way I want to put it on my page. But some people actually don't mind it. They like to push that, that look out. Um, but, um. I like to desaturate the background. So anything in the background, if there's like loud, punchy colors, like for example, i use Wadapalooza, I'll just like tone down all the purples and magentas because it just, I hate it, right? So the latest uh, Annika Greer photo you saw, you probably won't even see any purples or very muted, muted um, iterations of those colors. And then uh, for the actual like subject, like the athlete or whatever I'm trying to emphasize, focus on, I will try to leave it as close as what you would see in real life. Like I never want it to be like HDR or something like clarity bumped up to a hundred where you see like a zillion striations on someone like that's not what you're seeing in your eye. So why would you look at it in a photo? Right. Yeah. At that point, I feel like you're looking at a cartoon, right? Yeah. And um, maybe that's the, the vibe or the look for some people's accounts and that's cool. But for me, like. That's that's the thing I'm looking for when I when I approach an edit. I try to like mute the colors, and um, try to make it uh, as punchy and contrasty as possible. I don't know if that made sense, but um, that's the approach that I use.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah and I that try to add detail too as well. Like if I can sharpen it just like a little bit, then I'll do that, but not overly to the point where it's like you can. T- it it almost looks like it's a green screen. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that um, I will see, you know, other photographers or – it mostly happens in the photo space because video is much, much harder to just drag a slider and get rid of a whole entire color. People would sniff that out yeah. pretty quickly. But, you know, you'll see some people where it's like this is on grass, but there's no green in the grass anymore. <laughs> it looks like, like, it's like, I won't go that far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, no. Then but, it's like make the world right. Yeah. yeah, I think it's easy to. And one thing that you said that stood out to me, and, and both of you probably have a perspective on this, but so many times I find myself sitting down with a photo I'm looking at, and I like it, but it's like paralysis by analysis, and I either don't post it or I post it, and then I'm I'm so worried about what everybody else thinks of it. And and you've you've given me this advice, uh, David, is just to say if you like it, post it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's your work, and you should post the things that you like. And that's kind of stuck with me it's made it a little bit easier I still I still get caught up in trying to maybe create things for for others more than for myself and Mm -hmm. so I'd like your perspective and for for people listening and other creators I'd like them to kind of hear that from you to say how do you approach posting and what does that mean to you
1: that definitely is a struggle that's an internal thing I always like um consider when I post because I don't exactly like ignore the marketing aspect of Instagram. I do know there's a per, like I use it as a way to like push out my work and advertise my work in that regards. I actually had a discussion about this with, with Justin too, like offline when we we're in Waterpalooza and um, I take a little bit of a psychoanalysis approach to like posting photos on and or content on Instagram. Like if I have two things that I want to post. Um, and I'm happy with the fact that I'm going to post it I actually start considering and I actually do something it might even sound silly but when you look at your your phone and your Instagram grid and stuff like that there are all these little squares right so what's what's causing you to gravitate to to tap that square right so I do what's it's kind of like a little bit of an A and B test. You put the two photos or two things that you want to post, and then you just literally reduce the size until it's like a tiny little thumbnail, and then just step back on your screen, look at it, and go, which one would I tap? And that's what allows me to choose what is going to be what I'm posting,
2: right? That's one of the coolest pieces of advice I think anybody's ever given me or I've ever heard about posting on Instagram. Yeah. It's a
1: simple, like, intuitive, human nature type of test. Yeah. And it's, it's actually worked for me 99% of the time.
2: Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. How, how you- I know a lot of people don't consider those things, but I was just kind of like, I remember I had two photos up on a screen and I just did this. I just kept rolling back on my chair and then I was like, wait a second, they're getting smaller, right? <laughs> so I was just like, why don't I just like reduce the size until they're like little, literally thumbnails and then just stare at it and go, which one would I tap? That one. And then that's the one I post. And guess what? That's the one that does well, right?
0: There are... Um, you know, pictures I sit on for forever, because mm. I go back. And, and that's another thing you've told me as well is, you know, sometimes, you know, edit the picture, and then let it sit for a little bit and come back. And then maybe you want to make a tweak, or maybe you don't have to. But it mm. it's part of the creative process. And we're all different. And there's no one formula for it. But find out what works for you and your workflow and what makes you happy. And, and then stick to that. Because if you're miserable doing this, then ultimately, it's not going to be sustainable, it's probably not going to be something that you're, you know, you're gonna to want to you know clients aren't going to want to work with you if it's just a miserable process through and through so um, yeah you know I think when when it comes to working with the clients do you set the expectation that what your people seek you out because they like your style have you ever done anything with a client where they're like hey, we like your style, we're looking more for this. And would you say, no, that's not what I do and turn that down because you stay true? Because I've had people ask me like, hey, when you shoot this, can you do this all in this certain kind of way? Because this is sort of maybe on brand for us. And and those yeah. are difficult things because if it's a paid opportunity, but you don't want to compromise the artist within you. So how do you go about that? If you do, maybe you just turn it down.
2: I don't know. Dave's got enough pull where he can just go, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No.
0: I'm trying to think of like,
1: I'm going to share this, but then people are probably going to hate me for, for sharing this. No, share it. uh, So I've had like, like I've had gyms like ask me like, Hey, can you shoot this? But then like throw this filter on it or, or do it this style, right? Yeah. I don't want to do it. So I just tell them, I don't know how to do that. Okay. Yeah, and I usually (laughs) tell people, like, I probably can't use this excuse anymore now, but I just say, like, I I don't know how to do that, like, and if they don't know how to do it, what are you going to do, like, force someone to learn how to do it? Like, I'm not your guy, right? So, (laughs) so I've done that for, like, a gym before, so, and, and luckily I, I evaded that, um, that uh, conflict but um, for a brand I think there's only one brand that that kind of did that and I don't work for them anymore like I've never I've never done a project for them I don't even think they're around anymore to be honest um, but they had a lot of uh, it started off with creative control on my end and then some of their feedback was just kind of like it felt a little negative so mm-hmm. I, I churned out that project and then that was pretty much it like they've never asked me to do something um, again, because, but I don't even know if they're around anymore still, but yeah, luckily. But moving forward, yeah, I think I would tell people like, hey, like, um, thank you for the offer. This is what I can do and this is what I can bring to the table. If if there's something that um, you want to, to, to do that's different from that, I'm probably not the ideal person to to deliver that for you, right? And it's the truth. Like I wouldn't be the guy to do it because I think I would be struggling to meet those requirements because I'd be like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. Or, or literally I don't know how to do it. So
0: what is the, okay. So it's two part question. What is the thing you love the most about what you do when it comes to training day and, and the the photography and videography? And what is the thing that I don't want to say you hate about it, but what is maybe the most challenging aspect of, of, um, your business?
1: Um, the thing I love about it is like, it's still the same thing from day one, hanging out with some like cool athletes and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's like literally a backstage pass, like VIP access and stuff. And some of the things that, that have come across my desk in terms of like the jobs or things or asks that they, they need me to do is like go to Sam Briggs house. And I'm like, what? Like Sam Briggs is allowing me to go to her house. Like, like, is this top secret information and stuff? And, and then here I am shooting in her house and 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 in fact like in a couple weeks i'm going back there again because um one of our sponsors wants a vlog so um yeah things like that like i i love those opportunities and as much as i hate travel like yeah like yeah i, lo- I love those vip access type of things not as much fun anymore in terms of like getting to hang out with them because i just don't get the hanging out part anymore it's more kind of like got to do the job make sure i capture this and stuff so there's less of that social aspect Mm -hmm. but i mean being there is 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 so cool right um things that i struggle with time management like i'm horrible like justin knows already like with the amount of work that i need to do like i just cannot physically keep up like i'll tell myself or i tell like we we roomed together at waterpalooza (laughs) and i said like i'm gonna edit tonight and the next thing you know i'm like this (laughs) <laughs> like, my, he goes, my, bed, my
2: laptop and I just like close the lid he goes what happened to editing I'm like I'm doing it tomorrow like, he, goes, you know, like, yeah. he goes I'm just gonna export these but then yeah. he he leaves it on the desk and he goes lay in bed you know, yeah. look, and It's like half an hour this later that, he's, yeah this is, you know, not, that, this is what happened. Yeah, yeah by the way
0: did you ever get all of that uh, all of your um, I think was it like last year's footage or 2019 stuff uploaded you were doing an update on your story on Instagram oh, and I was God. dying <laughs> laughing because you're like flip the camera around it says like three days or yeah. hundreds of hours. It was I, was, I was laughing. I think it was like five terabytes, yeah. oh. like
1: everything oh. I've ever shot. Right. Oh, and I had to like purge, like stuff that doesn't even like, I wouldn't even need to pull from anymore. And it's only because I literally ran out of like hard drive space on my Mac. And I was just like, okay, I got off, there's like yeah i gotta like deal with this right so yeah. it's, it's done by the way it didn't take the full three days thank god it it okay. accelerated at one point in time okay. but when that happened it was literally just crawling i could see the numbers just roll <laughs> on the kilobytes of being uploaded and i was like oh, boy. oh my god i can't do anything like my computer's a hostage right now so
0: so in your so i know at the beginning you'd mentioned uh, and you've mentioned throughout your sony shooter um yeah would you ever change? Are you married to it? Um, <laughs> one of our um, uh, Trevor people may know him by it's R, R- M R- R- K-, K Visions or RMK. Yeah. So he, I was, I was texting him the other day, and he just switched. He switched to Sony. He, everything sold, like, or he's selling everything. And wow. I almost, I had anxiety for him. Like, I was reading yeah. his text, and I had anxiety because I'm like, I just from knowing how to power on the camera would be yeah. a new thing for me. So, what I'm sure. It's just a, a comfortable, you know, comfortability thing at this point. But um, what led you to Sony, and why do you stick with Sony?
1: I think I started with Sony just because that was the first thing I picked up. It was like the most affordable camera. I think the I don't know if you guys know the model name Nex three or Nex five. Mm-hmm. not a memorable model name but anyways it was it was it was like um the first like mirrorless that sony did probably the first mirrorless in the market and um i just stuck with it i had i didn't have many lenses but i had some so next thing i purchased was the sony a7 r2 and that was a great camera but it had some hiccups too as well in terms of battery life i think it could only shoot five frames per second so i quickly found out that wasn't enough when i was shooting like gym classes and then ironically around that time, the Sony a seven came out and then it just blew away the landscape. It was just like Sony in their intro video called it the basic model. And then I was like, so not basic. It was, it was a really good camera. Like, and, um, and it was affordable. It was affordable compared to like the higher end models. Like around that time that the sports foot um, camera was like the Sony
2: a nine. Yeah. So like five, six grand at least. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um so uh yeah i I just stuck with sony and then now um as of december end of december i'm now using the sony a7IV which is the evolution of the a7III and yeah it's a great camera too as well i'm not using the latest and greatest i always tell people like that start off like don't don't like don't worry about your gear and stuff like i start off with a freaking iphone it's fine right like just use what you got if you can't get that crazy like you know, high shutter speed action shot, who cares? Focus on the other moments, like the the athlete, like closing their eyes and just setting their mental state, right? Focus on other things, right? And that's what I had to do when I first started off because everything I was using was manual focus. So you can imagine trying to shoot sports with manual focus, right? And you're not getting any shots. No. But, no. no. No, you're getting like them, like basically just at the start line and maybe at the yeah. end, right? Yeah. But So work with what you have and then just like, if you can upgrade equipment to whatever you can, um, you know, afford or whatever, then do that. Right. But I would never focus on like getting all the latest gear and stuff like that because now you're not learning things in the proper like sequence. Right.
2: But that would craft your eye too. Yeah. Being having to slow down and be that thoughtful. I think you, would you say contributed to like crafting the way that you approach your, 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 um, I mean the images you capture not how you capture them but what you capture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean like <sighs> taught me a lot about patience, you know, having a manual folk, having a camera adapted with uh, with an adapter that meant only I can use like manual focus lenses. Taught me like okay, I know what I want to get. Let me sit in the spot, get ready, preset the focus in the range that I want and then just literally just like Get ready, right? So I I work with those type of things to just teach me patience and stuff like that. Um, And then it also taught me, like, you don't always have to use, like, what everyone else is using, right? So gyms, I don't know how it is in Chicago, but gyms are like super dark over here. Like oh, yeah. everyone just choose to paint them. So dark and black walls. Exactly. One skylight
0: yeah. drilled in the ceiling, like low. Yeah. It's like
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. Terrible. Across the gyms are the worst. So, yeah. I mean, if you're trying to shoot double unders at 1, 800th of a second, like, <laughs> like what less are you going to use? <laughs> like, you know, that 2.8 is only going to get you so far. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so that made me actually start thinking out of the box. I was like, well. I want like 1.4, 1.8 would be great. 1.4 would be like amazing. 1.2, like, like I started thinking about those things because that'll give me the low light performance I needed, but there was no sports lenses that did that. So I was like, fuck it. Like, why do I have to be restricted by what people tell me to use? So I started using like landscape lenses, astrophotography lenses, right? Because those were like super low, um, aperture and, um, and, um, there were super fast lenses. And they were not lenses typically people were bothering to use. So I started doing that. I started experiment, experiment, experimenting with a 20 f f1.4. Yeah. Like I even went as far as using a 1.8 14mm. Like
0: what is your favorite like, lens today? Or, or either either the, uh, the, your favorite lens and, and then maybe the lens that you find yourself just using the most frequently.
1: For events, it's like the 70 to 200 28 because yeah. that always does well. It gives yeah. me the reach, especially if access is... Is shitty. Yeah. Um, but I mean like I I, I recently picked up the thirty five, which I think everyone usually has. Yeah. They usually start off with a thirty five. And yes. the last guy to actually own a thirty five. Yeah,
0: right? I thought you already like, had that in your I like it now. <laughs> right? Wow. But
1: but yeah, I'm I'm starting to like enjoy like that that look. Mm-hmm. And it's a G Master, which is like Sony's top end tier lens. It's a F one point four. Does great. Like I'm I'm starting to love
2: the thirty five, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, I know a but lot of a lot of those it,
2: early but, shots that you had were, were on that 20 that yeah, 20 were like before, the yeah. ones that, that kind of some of them not all of them the ones that like popped off for you were like that 20 look and I think a lot of people tried to or saw those and tried to replicate them and didn't know what to do with that yeah I mean like
1: I just think that people just didn't know they're like I got a 24 but how come I'm not getting as wide as you and I'm just like because I'm using an astral lens I'm using a landscape lens like yeah I'm using a lens that actually is, is ch- cheaper than a sports lens, but guess what? It's, it's great. Like it, And my style is all, also like, I like to get up and close. Like I'm I'm willing to risk a barbell to the face. Right. Some people like <laughs> maybe your last without,
0: picture you ever take. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I've just been times where like, I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty close. Like, yeah. especially when we'll do rope climbs and then you see the, the rope whip through, it's like literally like, oh my yeah. God, like,
0: yeah. I've been with but, that.
1: um. But yeah no, I know other photographers like um like Rich Batesman, he loves being far away. he's all about the zooms and stuff, and that's that's his that's his comfort zone right so but for me, I like to be up and close. I actually like to like talk to athletes while they're like working out and ask me if they want me to get out of their face or whatever like <laughs> are you yeah, a, are, like
0: that. are you a risk taker? I find myself i think throughout my life, maybe not just in photography, but I take more and more risks just in doing things but specifically like if I'm shooting an event. Or I know I got one chance at this because I can't, you know, if it's a class, I could say, hey, go do a few more reps of this. Or if it's a client, hey, go do a few more reps of this. But if I'm shooting Wadapalooza Final Heat and I want to do something different, like how do you calculate when's a good time to be risky, when it's not? Especially when it's not just you as a creator, but like you're you're there on behalf of, of RomWad or Wit and, and they need an exceptional piece oh. of content, you know?
1: Okay, I thought you meant like risk, as in like, should I do this and possibly get kicked out?
0: <laughs> oh no, no, not that, not that. Just the risk of, okay. of of missing a shot or not being in the right place, or just because Man, that's hard. because yeah. you did some cool stuff in Dubai with like motion blur, where you probably shot at a really slow shutter, and that was cool and different. I'm like, oh wow, but if I'm yeah. there, at, if I had that opportunity, I'm like, I don't know. Now you have a name for yourself, and yeah, but you, you get what I'm saying. So yeah, I, I totally get it. I mean. Yeah, I think I went a
1: little too overboard in that in that event because I, I actually don't have a lot of photos of the athletes I was supposed to like <laughs> shoot for. I was just like I I had reunited with another like photographer I met in twenty nineteen Dubai and he's like an amazing photographer. He's so underrated, but he's not he's not active on Instagram. His name is Craig Kidwell. Okay. And he does a lot of like F one photos and stuff like that. And that's and he started showing me the stuff on his like and his like um, his drive that he hasn't posted on instagram and i'm like you should, dude you should post this stuff you should totally post it he's like, ah. like he, he's like he's like a true creative but he he doesn't really participate too much on social right okay all right so he started giving me tips on like you know panning shots and stuff like that and i'm like and i just start all of a sudden i just totally forgot what i was there for and i was like <laughs> lazar duke is closest to me i'm gonna play this now and i'm just like <laughs> meanwhile I'm finished and i'm just like oh fuck it but you know what like I think like as long as you get what you need to get done and if there's a window of opportunity to like do those risky or experimental things then yeah go ahead and do it um I always make sure I I'm still doing what I need to do but I also want to build in some time to like be creative and experimental um but this brings it back to like don't be don't be like I wouldn't say don't be but I mean like I always shoot gym classes you know why not because of the money or because it's so easy or whatever. It's because it gives me the freedom to experiment, yeah. right? This is the playground that, that I need to keep me honed in my craft and to discover new things, right? You never want, you can do that in an event, but there's that risk aspect, right? Like got to deliver this shot of Tia for Ramwad. Like, am I going to play experiment time? No, I'm not. Right. So I think, um building some time into your personal ability to play is important for you to be comfortable for when it when it matters not matters but when you have to do like a paid job out there right yeah yeah it'll give you the confidence too
0: what uh, do you do you have any goals specifically that you've set for yourself when it comes to um, your content the content side of things that you're hoping to achieve I mean, I'm sure you've, um, I don't know if you're a goal setter, if that's something you do, and then you, you look forward to that, or you just kind of take things in stride and then look back on achievements. But if you do have any goals, what would those be? And they could be specific or non-specific, but just, um, and they could be personal or related to to, to photography, but where would you like to see this go?
1: I'm not really sure. I know, I know I definitely want it to be like some type of brand where people recognize it. I, I love to be invited into the conversation of being there to capture content, but not in a a way to to be like, oh, you need to get this for this person or cover it Mm -hmm. for this brand. I want people to be like, I want training day there so that he can illustrate that event and tell the story from his brand's perspective. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Kind of like having like, um, inviting like a photographer to cover, not a photographer, that's a bad example. Just like having an artist come in and do their rendition of what they think the look should be. I think fashion is the best example, right? Yeah. So having like um, a designer come in and do a do a collaboration with the brand, but they don't really like tell him or her what to do. It's like here you go, we want you to do something on behalf of like um, Chanel or Gucci or whatever and it's going to be this artist series by that like i'd love to be treated that way in terms of here's the artist series from training day so Wadapalooza, here's how it's imagined by training day right
0: yeah
1: And that would be awesome to me right i don't know if that's a realistic thing or even people care about those things um but uh that would be my goal and and a lofty goal is to have an actual brick and mortar space where i can go and work out of like an office not really an office but more kind of like a, studio? a creative studio yeah. studio yeah, and I'd, I'd love move back to Toronto
2: gym. to be a part of that. So just yeah. putting my name out there.
1: I <laughs> no. love there's a gym in there too, but it won't be zoned as a gym, right? It. It'll yeah. be zoned as a as a studio, right? Yeah. So it'll be Alex, Justin, come on in. You can train there if you want. We'll also, have, you know, I shouldn't be talking too much about it. I don't want anyone to copy this. But.
2: Don't mess <laughs> yeah. it up. Don't yeah. leave yeah. it messy. Yeah. No chalk on the yeah. floor. Yeah. yeah, right,
1: right. But I just want my own space, right? And I want my own space, and I actually want it to be something that. You know, if I have an athlete coming from out of town, they'll they'll come to that space to train and and to create content. Right?
0: Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Justin, any questions for you before, or from you for for David before uh, we kind of close things out?
2: I don't know if I have too many questions. I know you. I know, I know <laughs> Dave, you know him well. So it would, it would, I know him, I know him well. Um, it's more more of a comment than yeah. anything, but I think the way Dave thinks is outside of the convention, especially of the CrossFit community. Right. I feel like a lot of people in the CrossFit community have been very insular in, in what they're doing and, and they don't really expand out of it, uh, you know, aside from like weddings and things like that. So when people are shooting and the way people are looking at things is, is very much a, like a product photographer spot or like a mm-hmm. photography spot from within the CrossFit like space not even necessarily in the sports space, like branching out into like football or baseball or anything like that. I think what Dave does is like, Dave's talking about something on different levels and he's like five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead of the way we're thinking about things. And I think that's why it looks so good. You know, like what he just brought up a minute ago is like being almost like the Virgil or the off-white of the CrossFit community. And I think that that's what's separating him is, is he's ahead. And, and I think a lot of us are trying to play catch up to that. And, and even, you know, some don't even want to even try that. yeah But like the way that Dave approaches everything and the way that he's going about everything is, is very much on a different wavelength than what we're doing. But because of that, it's made a lot of us better. And especially the people who pay attention, the amount of, small details that i now consider and the things that i look at and think of have changed so much you know like i mean dave we used to see each other a little bit more now we've only seen each other at events the last little bit mm-hmm. but every time i sit down and talk to you every time i you know we hang out for a little bit he's giving me tips he's giving me feedback he's giving me ideas and then i look at his work and it's like there's more ideas there's more feedback where if i just look at like you know, XYZ athlete and the photos they're posting, it's like, yeah, there's another CrossFit photo. But every time I see training day on Instagram, video, photo, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. I have the same reaction. I <laughs> Oh shit. There <laughs> you know, there's so much
0: content out there that I it it is becoming less and less frequent that I classify uh certain creators as having thumb stopping content, you know, because we're doing yeah. we're doing this. But I do it mm-hmm. every time, honestly, to both every of you time. guys. And I, I'm not trying to just suck up, but I love I love both of your styles and your edits and how you put things together. And and that I think is the key. Like, can you make somebody with the hundreds and hundreds of posts? Can you make somebody stop on your photograph when it's so mm-hmm. easy to just? And I'm I'm speaking just of Instagram, and I know there's other platforms people view this stuff, but it is the dominant one, and and people just swipe and swipe and swipe. And so, you know, to your credit, it's it's remarkable that i see stuff and i'm always i'm always sitting there going oh i, I had that reaction constantly right, you like throw <laughs> my head back and i'm like uh, oh, so good but it's not yeah. you know but i'm not jealous of you i'm i think it's so cool and i think that's that's a kind of another component of the community is for the most part i haven't come across anybody like that is you know everybody is supportive and and loves to to see each other's work but you have a. You're just. You've stratified yourself out of the pool, and there's still a lot of stratification within that pool. But you're you're in a different pool over there, at mm. least to me. So, um, this is cool. So I, think,
1: I. I I thank you for those positive comments, and I'm not really sure how I take it, but. <laughs> But I mean, like, yeah, it's great. Thanks. Thanks for saying those things. I, I don't think I'm trying to like elevate myself above everyone else. I think like what's happened is I like, I don't live and breathe CrossFit. And I think that's, mm. that's possibly the reason why It's because like, I actually like Google other things and look at other things. Like on my personal feed, I, I love like vintage motorcycles. Right. So like, I love automotive. I love like music. I love like those things influence me like heavily. Right. And I think. Instinctively, those influences are painted on to the things that I produce, whether it's crossword photography or just even anything in general, right? Video or whatever, right? Yeah. I love Star Wars too. Like I'm a Star Wars geek. So last year I did, I made a fourth thing with like Emma and I didn't know how it was going <laughs> to be received. I, I even asked Emma Lawson, do you watch Star Wars? She's like, Nope. And I'm like, well, we're going to do this thing anyways. And she's like, okay, whatever. Like she's so like down for anything, right? But. That's the whole point. Like you got to do something and post something that makes you happy. And, and it, it, it would be cool if it's just a reflection of you and, and I think a lot of people struggle with that because they're just like, but no, it's gotta have a noble logo on it. It's gotta be very crossfitty. It's gotta have a pump, you know, it's gotta have us cheer and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it doesn't not really. I mean, look at my stuff. You don't really have much of that anymore, if anything. Right. You might have an athlete where I'll capture that moment and I'll give it to the athlete, but that's certainly not something I'll be posting on my feed, right? Yeah. And, and I think just look from within. Just look from within. If you like certain things and those things paint your influence on something, then there's something there. There's something there. Absolutely every single person has something unique to offer to the table. And if you paint your content in that regards, then I think you're going to have those moments that you just described, whether it's looking at my stuff or other people's stuff, because I'm like that too. I'm just like constantly, especially wake up in the morning. I don't have time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like It's not because I'm just, I don't care. It's just like, I'm just quickly just trying to catch up, I guess. And then if something stops, I'm like, whoa, okay, that's different. And then actually something like that just recently happened to me. And I don't think it's
0: crossed. No. Okay.
1: No. Yeah. Yeah. It was something on my personal feed where I was just like, oh, damn. Yeah. Cause you and have um, a, you have
0: a, a pretty healthy following on your, uh, your personal Instagram, which I follow yeah, as well. And that's, that's got a very abandoned. nice, <laughs> it's, it's kind it of still has a great cohesive feed. Um, I'm you yeah. don't post there as much, but, um, yeah, I've down to like 75 posts.
1: So people are wondering like, this is count still exists. Yeah. Like <laughs> it was also a different time too, as well. Like, yeah. The algorithm was different, and um, I used to do a lot of running with Nike Run Club, so um, I had a lot of photos taken of me because when you go to those events, they take photos of participants. Okay. So it was like it was awesome, and um, so I had a lot of con- content given to me, and then I did all my stupid little frivolous hobbies on that account. And I used to have a, I archived it all, but I used to have this solid column in the middle that was all like um, product photography. So this is what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Tying it back so, to
1: the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> this shit was so good. But if, when you looked at the so three good. grid, it would be like lifestyle, product photography, running. And that would be my theme. Okay. If, you look, if you scroll through the entire thing, it would be literally a perfect grid like that, which gave me a lot of anxiety to do because I'm like, now what? I got to do this photo. right? Like, but I archived all of that. But before, <laughs> like, that's what I was doing. And it's to me, like I always treat Instagram like a portfolio or representation of like who you are and things you like or whatever. So,
0: yeah, yeah. no, I've never understood, um, certain brands or individuals will do the, the large thing where they post like six or seven pictures. So if you go to their profile, it, it does the whole thing, but I spend much more of my time in the the general feed than I do in somebody's profile. So then I'm seeing like some random part of a body and I don't quite understand. And maybe it, maybe it intrigues people to then go and, um, Go to the page and visit and see what it's all about but yeah the cohesive feed thing that we, we've kind of started the conversation on is uh it's always a challenge but i think you've done a remarkable job and i envy you for that <laughs> maybe one day i'll get there it's, it's on my bucket list to to for me to be happy with my cohesive feed so i i think
1: just like like i said when i mentioned that rogue post why you like you know maybe yeah. incorporate some of the tips that i said that like make it a little micro sized thumbnail sit back look at it maybe ask someone else for their opinion and then just like post what you like. Like, um, latest thing that I've been doing is just like, not just one post. I'll take that post. I'll take that photo, crop it in and then do, and then split it into a multi swipe. So most people like, and this is some of that psychological theory that I've been incorporating too as well. I'm not sure if it works or not, but most people, if they want to look at details, they'll pinch in and zoom in. Right. Right. Let me just, let me just do that for you. Right. So what I'll do is I'll take the, the wide photo, and then I'll I'll crop in, and I'll split it up so I can remove that pinch aspect for you. So you just continue on spending time on my post by just
0: Swipe swiping through. through. yeah. Right,
1: and That looks for the algorithm, right?
0: Yeah, so that's the one thing I, I have not figured out. But, yeah, I'm assuming the amount of time somebody spends, that's all captured. That's all collected by Instagram. They'd be able to know how long somebody – how many times they – they swiped. Obviously, they're keeping track of how many times people like your posts and watch your reel mm-hmm. and, and comment. Yeah. Those are all natural engagements. But even like the swipe thing, if somebody's sitting there swiping through, they're tracking yep. that as an engagement. Um, yep. There's just so much to think about. It's, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And I'm sure both of you, and not to you know tell you how you feel, but I get overwhelmed. And I'm sure at, at certain times, you both <laughs> would too, if I'm just assuming. All, the time. Yeah. <laughs> all, yeah. all the time. Yeah. I
1: don't know the secret formula for the algorithm. These are just like my guess is my yeah. hypothesis right but i mean like obviously if you're spending time on a piece of content it must mean something whether you hate it or love it yeah but you're spending time on it right like like um even if you watch like a youtube video and you put a thumbs down guess what you're actually helping the creator of that video cuz you've took taken the time to put a thumbs down on it and offer that amount of engagement it's actually it's actually worse to have zero Thumbs, thumbs up, thumbs down comments on a video on, on YouTube or whatever, right? So even the negative comments, like, as much as I hate them on Instagram, like, I'll leave them up to a certain degree as long as they're not bullying. Um, once it crosses that line, I'll, I'll block them or restrict their comments and stuff like that. But, I mean, if they have, like, a negative – if they have a different opinion other than the common, like – you know, the common, uh, I guess, culture of what people are thinking, then I'll, I'll leave it up because everyone's allowed to have their own opinion and stuff like that. But when it becomes something like negative, like in terms of bullying, then I'll just, I'll take it down or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I, David, I appreciate the time today. Thanks so much for, for hopping on and telling us a little bit more, giving us an inside peek on, on your journey and, and what it's like to kind of see things through your lens. So, um, I really appreciate that. And if people are interested, I know we've mentioned it numerous times, but just as a recap, how can somebody get in touch with you and where can they find you on social?
1: Um, so on Instagram, it's Training Day Media. Um, I think on YouTube, it's also Training Day Media. And um, if you want to drop me an email, it's trainingdaymedia at gmail.com. I do have a website. Um, I haven't updated it in quite a while but, uh, <laughs> but yeah those are primarily the the, the best ways to get in, get in touch with me if you send me a DM like I'll try to respond to it but um, I'm trying to limit my time on social like I'll I'll make a post I'll, I'll try to cash up as much as I can as much as Instagram feeds me the content but um I don't really have too much time to like sit there for hours anymore and um, and also I do it so that I don't really get too too bogged down on what other people are doing you know what i mean yeah like like not hating or anything like that but it's just kind of like i want to focus on what i'm doing and if i if i'm if i'm paying too much attention to like what other people are doing then i kind of feel like i'm distracted right yeah but i'll definitely celebrate someone if if they, they're doing well or if they posted something amazing or whatever but but, but even the Instagram algorithm, sometimes it doesn't feed me stuff that Justin posts and I'm just like, and then I'll play catch up one night because I can't sleep and I'll be like, oh my God, I didn't see this and, and interact with that content or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, again, thank you. And uh, for everybody listening, if you don't follow Dave uh, on social, please go do so because you won't be disappointed. Trust me. I, uh, I've i been following for, again, you were probably one of my first follows. Um, and uh, I'm not disappointed. It's definitely influenced how I approach things. And again, appreciate the conversation. So best of luck this year with everything. I'm sure uh, we'll see you hopefully at a, at a CrossFit sanctioned event or, or something um, throughout the, the year. So it was a pleasure talking with you. Absolutely. Thanks. See you guys again. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Creators Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so shoot us a message and let us know what you think. We'll talk to you guys next time.